Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, Season 2, Episode 16, Mormonism, otherwise known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So just brief uh, synopsis, Joseph Smith, back in the 1800s, um, he used to be a treasure hunter. He had learned the art of divining uh, with divining rods and magic papers from his father. He became a treasure hunter, and during the course of that, he met the angel Moroni, Moroni, or however you say it, who gave him the gold plates that were translated into the Book of Mormon. And he started this religion uh, saying that they are, the Mormons are the actual restored church from the apostate church of the past, and that they are the God's chosen people. They have a few core beliefs, and what I wanted to cover today was just basically like four or five of them, some things that they talk about all the time and the key things that separate it from Christianity and why you need to be cautious. Words are important. Words have meaning. And what the, what the Mormons have done and, and what they have figured out is that they can deceive people by using words and changing the meanings. So they say they believe the Bible, but they say that God continues to reveal himself through their modern day prophets. So their Bible, the Book of Mormon, they say is in addition to the Old and New Testament, it's another testament of Jesus Christ, and it contains the writings of ancient prophets giving an account of God's dealings with the people, with God's people on the American continent. They call it Holy Scripture, and they believe in their modern day prophet. It has uh, one one prophet, or the, the president uh, is the prophet of the church, and he has two counselors. So they try and mimic the, the trinity there, where they have three in one. And together, then, those three have a quorum of the twelve apostles, which are minor prophets that, are, that you're supposed to accept words from God from. So these people have gone to a concerted effort over the years to create a belief system that does not mean what it says it means. So for example, they will tell you when they knock on your door or, or when you visit with them that they believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world and the son of the heavenly father, which is what Christians believe people who follow the Bible believe. And so they will get Christians, the, the biggest group of their converts come from Christianity, from modern day, you know, Baptists or, or some other sect of uh, denomination, I should say, of Christianity, because they convince people using these words that they are just another denomination of Christianity and, and they have it right because they have that third testament. What they mean by Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and the Son of the Heavenly Father is completely different than what you and I mean by it when we read the Bible. And they will quote John 3.16 to you as proof of what they believe. We know John 3.16 says that Jesus Christ is his only begotten Son. So what they mean by that is that God the Father was actually a human like us in eons past on his own planet and may or may not have sinned we don't know because they don't we don't have the scriptures from then and then he uh, was exalted and became god and then he and some woman in heaven 
gave birth to Jesus Christ and then sent him to earth to become our savior. And I may be wrong here. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but they believe that Lucifer was another son of this God and this woman. So Satan and Jesus Christ are actually brothers. Then they'll tell you that they believe in the Trinity, just like you do. Because what they believe about God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy ghost is that they are two separate beings, the father and the son who have a spirit among them that those three separate gods are able to have a singular will and purpose and that they all love us. Mormons specifically believe beings that did not, were not always gods, but that became gods and that are three separate gods that they worship. But they will use John 3.16. They will say that Jesus is their savior and the only and, and the son of our loving heavenly father. And they will say they believe in the Trinity in the same way that people who carry a Bible would say they do. So they deceive you by using your words, but meaning something totally different. So the very definition of God in the Christian Bible is that he is perfect and without sin. He was never a man. He's a spirit. And the Bible does not say that we can become exalted and be like God. If you remember from Adam and Eve and the serpent, the serpent said, you can be like God. And isn't God scared of that? If you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil, the same exact lie that the serpent used to get Adam and Eve is what Mormons use today when they talk about God is he was just another being and he became exalted and you can be like him too if you follow Mormonism, but they won't say it in those words. They'll dress it up and say they believe in the Trinity. All right. Number two, and we'll get to the exaltation part here in a little bit. Number two, they say that Christ's atonement allows mankind to be saved from their sins and return to live with God and their families forever. Sounds similar to heaven, right? For us. But what they're saying is their plan of salvation is that God created all of our spirits and, and we all lived with him in heaven as spirits for who knows how long learning about God and deciding what kind of person we want to be. And then Jesus or God sent us to earth and, and married us with fleshly bodies. And when God decided to do that, one third of the spirits chose to follow Satan instead and were denied the chance to come to earth. Whereas the rest of the people were allowed to come to earth. So the evil spirits, the demons are, are really just other humans who didn't take human form. It's very twisted. And, and of course, nowhere in the Bible does it say anything like that. In fact, the Bible says the opposite of that. The Bible says that one third of those angels were cast out of heaven and cast down to the earth. And the Mormons teach that they were not allowed to come to earth. You have to be careful when you speak to the Mormons because they will use words that do not mean what you think they mean. So one of the biggest problems that I have with the Mormon church is they believe that humans like God, the father can go through a process called the exaltation to Godhood. They teach that God the Father was once a man and that he progressed to Godhood. 
He is now exalted and immortal with a flesh and bone body. I have gone to the Mormon website, several of them. They have, they have a couple of different websites directly. And, and I've looked at their books. I've read the book of Mormon. I've read some of their doctrines. They will tell you that they don't believe that Mormons can become gods and that that's a caricature. And that's, that's a fake teaching that people who don't like Mormons try and push out there. Okay. But if you go to their website, they literally have in their doctrine, it's called DNC chapter 76. Uh, I believe it's page 59 um, and page, sorry, DNC 132 page 20 to 23 clearly states that you can become gods. So here's what it states. What are the blessings that are given to humans that become exalted? Quote from them. Our heavenly father is perfect and he glories in the fact that it is possible for his children to become like him. His work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man from their book of Moses. Those who receive exaltation in the celestial kingdom through faith in Jesus Christ will receive special blessings. And they say the Lord has promised all things are theirs. And these are some of the blessings given to exalted people. Number one, you will live eternally in the presence of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. So they'll, they'll stress that. Oh, we believe in heaven and you'll live eternally in heaven with God the Father and Jesus Christ. And you can find that in the Bible, in the New Testament. Jesus clearly says those things to us, right? But what they don't say is the next part. They believe that you will become gods. That's what they think it means when they say that, well, you can be like Jesus. And then they believe that you will be united eternally with your righteous family members and you will be able to have eternal increase, whatever that means. Having sex and having children in heaven, I don't know. But they believe that you can only get there and become gods and, and reach this blessing of exaltation if you believe in Jesus Christ, if they're Jesus Christ, not the God of the Bible, if you are baptized if you have the laying on of hands and become a member of the church of Jesus Christ, now nowhere in the Bible does it say you must become a member of a church, but they require that for you to get to heaven. Number three, they believe that you must receive the Melchizedek priesthood and magnify their callings in the priesthood. You must receive the temple endowment and you must be married for eternity, either in this life or the next. The point is, when the Mormons speak of Jesus Christ, they are not speaking of the Jesus Christ of the Bible. They are speaking of a God that they have created that is the brother to Lucifer, that is one of the gods in heaven that we need to worship. They call him Jesus Christ, but it is not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. They tell you that it is, but it's not what the Bible teaches. The main things that you need to know when, when you read the Bible— Number one, the Bible is inerrant. It is incapable of lying. Okay. The Bible is God's word. If God could lie, he's not God. If he cannot preserve his word, he's not God. So God has preserved his word in the Bible to tell us what we need to know to know about him. If we find one verse in the Bible that tells us something is true, it is true regardless of what you believe. You don't need two or three or four or five verses to prove that God wants something or God said something. So when Jesus said, I and the Father are one, boom, that's it, you're done. 
He did not say we are one in purpose. He said we are one, one entity, one being. That's it. End of story. The Mormons are wrong on that. Now, if that's not enough for you to reject Mormonism, that they don't worship Jesus Christ as God, I can't help you. You either believe in their God or you believe in the God of the Bible. It's as simple as that. The second thing that really proves that they are not that they are not followers of Jesus Christ of the Bible is that that teaching of the exaltation of humans that you you can become gods. And they'll tell you no 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 they don't really say that, but if you read their doctrine off their website, they do clearly say that you can become a god. They they just don't call it becoming a god. They call it the exaltation of humans. Okay? The Bible teaches against that. The, the pride was the first sin in heaven where Satan said he could become like God, right? And God cast him out. There was a war in heaven. God cast him out because of that. There is only one God, God, the creator. And, and we cannot become gods like him. That was the lie that Satan told Adam and Eve in, in the Garden of Eden. And Mormons are telling you that lie. The, the, the Bible clearly states the Ten Commandments in, Ex, in the book of Exodus. There is only one God. You shall have no other gods before me. Here's an example in the New Testament of someone who said he would be like God and God's judgment against him because you're not supposed to do that. All right. In case you didn't know. Look at Acts verse uh, chapter 12, verse 20 to 25. And Herod was highly displeased with those of Tyre and Sidon, but they came with one accord to him and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. So he spoke wonderfully, right? He was an orator. He's silver tongue. The people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord killed him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. God judges people who even accept people likening them to God. He didn't say he was God, but the people shouted, saying he has the voice of a God and not of a man, because he did not stop that. God sent the angel of the Lord and killed him. We cannot be like God. We must strive to become more like Jesus Christ in that we do not sin and that we submit to the things that God wants us to do. Like Jesus Christ submitted to the cross in the garden of Gethsemane. And he asked God to please take this cup from me, but nevertheless, your will, not mine. That's how we are supposed to strive to become more like Jesus Christ. Not that we will ever become Jesus Christ. Not that we will ever become a God. Not that we will ever have the power of Godhood. No, that is not what the Bible teaches. We can never attain Godlike powers or Godhood. We will never be holy. We will, it is only through the blood of Jesus Christ where we get Jesus Christ's holiness when we're in heaven. We are not perfect. We are created beings. We are creations that had us in nature. And God has offered us a way to get to heaven. And it's God's heaven. There's only one heaven. You know, the Bible warns us to beware of false prophets. 
in Matthew 7, 15, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. I did another episode on how to determine false teachers, and I mentioned false prophets in there. So you might want to look at season two, episode 11, biblical leaders versus false teachers. But the point is simply this. When you learn or when you speak to someone of another religion, the primary concern for a truth seeker, for, for a believer of the Bible, is who do they say their God is? Because there is only one God, the creator of this universe. Anything else is either a demon who's ticked off that he got kicked out of heaven by the God of the universe, pretending to be a God, which is what many of our false, false religions have come from. And I would argue the angel Moroni is probably the Mormons demon that helped start their religion. And that is why they pervert who Jesus Christ is in their religion. You cannot fall for the lies that they tell you just because they use words from the Holy Bible. Satan himself is the father of lies and he twists and uses God's word. He has from the very beginning in the garden of Eden did not God say, and then he lied. If you touch it, you'll die. God didn't say that. God said, don't eat of it. Then you look at when he tempted Jesus in the desert. Well, God, just throw yourself down from, from here. And doesn't your word say your angels will keep you from dashing your foot against a stone? He used God's own words against God and twisted them. And Jesus' response was, you should not tempt the Lord your God by just recklessly throwing yourself down off of buildings and, and asking God to defy the laws that he made in this universe, you know, gravity. So he said, don't tempt God. And then he told Satan to, to leave him. So I'll just quote the reference for you here. It's Matthew 4, verse 10. Then Jesus said unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So he told Satan to go away. First of all, don't tempt God. And secondly, get away from me. And Satan did. He had to follow. He had to obey God's command. Guys, that's all. That's what it comes down to ultimately is who does someone say they worship and what do they mean by it? How do they say you can get to heaven and what do they mean by that? And if you have to purposefully deceive your followers or if you have to purposefully use words that do not mean what people think they mean, Jesus Christ, the Trinity, heaven, exaltation, instead of saying you can be gods. If you have to use words to hide what you mean, to get people to follow you, there's something wrong. That's a false religion. So you have to be extremely discerning and prayerful before you start looking at the words that they speak and, and going through their doctrines. At times I found it confusing myself because they do use the scripture quite a bit. So you really have to dive deep into their doctrines as to what they believe those scriptures mean. I've had hours long conversations with some elders of the Mormon church and they're very good conversationalists. They are good at their craft. They are trained in how to twist words and how to twist scripture. So be very cautious when you are investigating a false religion. 
do not forget who you put your faith in and that he is God and the creator of the universe. All I can do is go back to the Bible. John 1, 1 through 12. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And this is how we get the idea of the Trinity, okay? The word here is referring to Jesus Christ, and he explains it later. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that was made. So we're talking about the creation story in Genesis 1, the first six days of creation, right? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, this John, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him. Again, Jesus Christ and the world did not know him. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So here he's talking about believers, verse 12. Those who receive this light, this Jesus Christ, he gave the power to become the sons of God. And Jesus Christ talks about it later. You can read more about it in the book of John, how uh, we are heirs of the throne of God, meaning he's preparing a place for us in heaven that he talks about, right? And that we are heirs, not because we are literal sons of God and we will become little gods. No, but we are heirs because he has adopted us into his family. Not literal gods, but adopted children that he loves. So you've got to be thinking rightly about this in the context of all of scripture, everything that Jesus said. So verse 12 again, but as many as received him to to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So there's that reference to salvation. You have to believe on his name. Whose name? He's about to tell you. He's alluded to it in the past. He, he was there to create the world. He's the light of the world. The world didn't accept him. Jesus Christ was murdered, died on the cross, right? So verse 13, these Christians which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God meaning it's not by works you are saved, but only through faith. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory uh, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So this is John the Baptist in the wilderness when Jesus came to be baptized of him. And John the Baptist pointed to Jesus Christ and said, this is the man that I was talking about. So there's no doubt now that all these prior verses, he's talking about the creator of the world was Jesus Christ. And he was God. Verse 16, and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So then you go down to verse 29, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said. So there you have who Jesus Christ is. He is the one God who created the earth. And he was with God the Father and he was 
God the Father. That's it. We believe in one eternal God that we cannot comprehend that is three persons in one who created everything. He was never a man. He has always been and always will be. And we, because of his grace and his willingness to die for us, his sacrifice on the cross and the fact that he's God and rose from the dead after having paid that penalty for our sin, we can go to heaven to live with him, not to be gods, but to live with him, to praise him and honor him. And that's all there is to it. So I hope that brought some clarification to the words that the Mormons use uh, for their religion. And until next time, may God bless you all.